FFM Productions presents Two Wild Orchids, not your mother's podcast. Hi, I'm Sean Lee, and this is Two Wild Orchids, the place you come for sex and fun. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes my mouth overloads me. Like, I will open my mouth, and the things that come out, it's the first time I've heard it, too. And that's what happened in this show. This is an interview that I did with the Dawn of Desire, Charles Black, on his new show. And if you want to see the video, go over to twowildorchids.com and join the club. The club is the place where all of our friends are hanging out, and the membership is free. And that is where you can watch the video of Charles Black and me talking about things he did not expect. Hello and welcome to the Charles Black podcast. I have a new episode for you today with another very interesting guest. My guest today is called uh, Sean Lay and she is a very interesting woman. Um, She previously, in a previous life, she was, she ran a construction company that she scaled up to $10 million um, and was featured in uh, Forbes and the Inc. 500. Um, But she left all of that behind and is now on a mission to unchain sex via her podcasts and her talk shows. Um, She's been featured in TEDx. She has an award-winning podcast. And this is what she spends her time doing now. I was first introduced to Sean Lay when she reached out to me to come on to her podcast. Um, We had a great time. It was extremely interesting. She is um, someone who is very, she's a, a, she's a very independent thinker, which I really love and appreciate. And so I know she has a lot of information that she'll be able to, that will, to bring to the table that will be very beneficial to all of you guys listening. So I reached out to her to come onto the podcast, share that information, share what she is doing and what she's trying to achieve and bring a new perspective to the table as well. So I'm very excited to have her on. Um, So yeah, let's jump into it. Uh, All right, well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Like you and I have done like three podcasts together, but they've all been my show. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Two two wild orchids, I should have uh, have mentioned. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really good conversations. What do you want to know, panty dropper? (laughs) Well, I was, uh, first of all, how how, how do you describe what you do with uh, with your podcasts and with your talks and all of this what is uh what is it that you tell people when they ask you what you do so when i talk about my podcast i always tell people that um two wild orchids is on a mission to unshame sex and redefine appropriate conversations yep. so i have this belief that you know you need weather sun water air to, for our species to thrive mm-hmm. but you also need sex for our species yes. to thrive yeah and so it's a little bit of a mystery to me why one is shameful and one isn't yeah so when I do the podcasting stuff, the idea is to just really open those dialogues. Yep. Um, the rest of the time, I'm an alternative relationship coach. I help people navigate through non-monogamy. That's okay. a big part of my practice. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And could you share a little bit how you how you got into this space and how you got into all of this stuff um, and how you ended up making the decision to, to leave the standard world behind and, and go all in on this? So it's funny. Um, when you, when you have a life where from the outside looking in, you have everything. Yep. And on the inside looking out, you have nothing. You really have nothing. And so I had a great company. I had a great marriage. I had a great kid. I had a great house, lots of cars, all the money stuff. But I hated my life. And I thought something has to change. And I had been the person that everybody came to wanting advice about relationships and sex. And for a long time, people- Because you took the non-standard approach? 
yeah. <laughs> no, no, is that is that why the people? Uh, why do you think those people came to you initially? I think because I don't because I'm I'm so non-judgmental. So yeah. So what happened was is I was um I was actually having breakfast and I got a text message from a guy that I talked to maybe like six times a year, mm-hmm. and the text message said, "What's your opinion of butt plugs?" <laughs> and I was like. It was a little bit awkward and weird way uh, to start blue. a conversation. It was totally out of the blue. Uh, I haven't talked to him in months. So I called him up and I said, well, what are we talking about here? Are they stainless steel or silicone? Or is it going to vibrate? Does it have a tail? Is it going to have remote control? Are you wearing it? Is it for a partner? Like, I have questions. If we're going to talk about butt plugs, let's talk about some butt plugs. Right. And I hung up the phone with him and I said to my husband, I said, you know what? I should be talking about sex. I should be talking about yeah. sex and getting paid for it. And the next day, a girlfriend of mine from South Africa called me up and said, you know, hey, do you listen to podcasts? And I was like, I have two failed podcasts. They suck. I could never imagine doing another one. And she said, well, I want to do one with you. And I said, let's talk about sex. And so <laughs> we were off and running from there. I walked away from my life in Oklahoma. I walked away from my $10 million company because I wanted to live in Florida. I felt very compelled to be here. And I just felt like I had to spread my wings. And it has been astonishing how everything has materialized from here. Amazing. Um, How long ago yeah. was that? Uh, let's see. I moved here in twenty in twenty fourteen, okay. and I did a lot of relationship work, a lot of HR stuff. But I was always really pulled to the relationship stuff. Mm-hmm. And so people would call me. I'd have clients call me. You know, people who are in corporate, like, hey, how come my husband is like this? Or you know, how can we make our sex life more interesting? And I thought, how the hell do you think I know that? But yet, yeah, there I yeah, was yeah. giving advice. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, I'm a second generation swinger and um, I've been consensually non-monogamous for 20 years and it just, this just made sense for me. Oh, you're a second generation swinger. So your parents were swingers? My parents were swingers, yeah. Interesting. I knew you were a swinger, but I didn't know your parents were swingers. Yep, I'm a swinger poly person, but my parents were swingers. Okay, cool. And how did they get into that? I have no idea. I I imagine it was like, yeah, it would have been much more. Like my, I guess in the 60s, it was okay. But like 50s, I would imagine it was incredibly taboo back then. It was incredibly taboo when we were doing it. I mean, yeah, true. I lived in Oklahoma, which is right. like the buckle of the Bible Belt. Yeah. And I didn't want anyone to know that we, were, that we were lifestyle. I didn't want anyone to even get wind of it. And I was filled with such shame about it. Yeah. But when I moved to Florida, it was like, nobody knows me here. All right, let's do this. And I just, mm. I came out on my podcast as a swinger in 2014. So you had been wanted. private before that about hundred percent. Oh my wow. god! Okay. okay. My mom knew. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And my son knew. He he outed me when he was sixteen, but <laughs> like swinger kids, no, they just right, know. Right, 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 right. We didn't ever do anything in Oklahoma, but um, we said to him, "Hey, we're going to take you to Florida. You're going to meet these friends of me, you know, mine and daddy's, and you're going to love them, honey. They're just like me and daddy." He was washing dishes and he didn't miss a beat. He doesn't turn around. He goes, you mean in love and not monogamous? And I was like, <laughs> like, like it was lie tell the truth. You know, he's 16. And I said, uh, I didn't think you knew about that. Yeah. I, like, I didn't even know what to say. And he yeah. keeps washing dishes. And he's like, uh, I've always known. And so I walked over to him and I like got eyeball to eyeball with him. And I was like, I appreciate you being so cool about this. I mean, mm-hmm. I literally didn't know what to say. And yeah. so finally he put the dish down. He looked at me and he said, mom, I'm a gay kid in Oklahoma. Who am I to judge? Yeah, yeah. And so now I have this gay poly kid. Interesting. It's, so now it's three generations. Three generations of non-monogamy. Yeah. <laughs> some, oh, people that's have, amazing. You know, some people have royalty. I have non-monogamy. Interesting. So. <laughs> that is rare. Three generations of non-monogamy. That is, uh, yeah. I mean, that's like one in a billion or something. 
yeah, we get around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you think it's that, um, like, what do you think? Like, I was going to ask you, what do you feel that you bring to the table that others don't? And I guess it, you have this perspective that pretty much nobody has. Um, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that, yeah, that perspective opens you up to many new ideas that most people never even consider. consider. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I was a swinger for a long time. Uh, yeah. Swinging lifestyle can be very transactional. And as I evolved in my own sexuality and sensuality, I realized that one of the things that I always said, even in the early years, was I have to like you to let you in my body. I don't think men always realize that women have to open their legs and we have to let you in our bodies. So we have to really like you. And I discovered polyamory, which is more based on relationships. There's still not monogamy with it, but it's, you know, you can have lots of boyfriends or lots of girlfriends. And I felt like I'd found my people. Right. But jealousy, that's one of the biggest things I work with people on because you can go to a swingers club and walk out mad. Yeah. 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 I bet. Yeah. It's tricky. It's uh, yeah. You're walking on thin ice a lot of the time. Yeah, because you expect your partner, particularly for new swingers, you expect your partner to do exactly what you would do in that situation, and they're not you. Right, right. And men are always, they're like energizer bunnies. New men, oh my God, (laughs) newbie guys, they want to fuck everything and everyone. Right. Right. (laughs) And and their wives are like, hey, hey, over here. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a lot of, uh, so do you have a lot of people reaching out to you now, I'm not talking about people from your podcast or who found you that way, but people who know you personally reaching out to you, um, like people you'd be surprised about that they reach out to you and they're at, they, they, th- they say something like, yeah, I don't know, I'm, I'm interested in this lifestyle. I would ha- I have no idea how to even broach uh, the subject. And um, I mean, is it more men? Is it more men or more women or is it it's, equal? It's actually more women. It's interesting because my podcast demographic is about 60-40 split with the heavy side of men. Yeah. But when it comes to, I, I get letters from people. Thank you for opening this up for me. My husband yeah. and I are talking about it. You know, we want to be non-monogamous. People, I lived, like I said, in Oklahoma. Kindergarten teachers who teach Bible oh, wow. reach yeah. out to me. But it, it's like when you start realizing that people don't have anyone else to tell. So one of my one of my dearest friends in Oklahoma is super conservative. And she sent me this text message yesterday and she's like, oh my God, I have to tell someone. And they're the only person I can tell because all of my other friends will think I'm gross. Right. She finally squirted. She was so proud of herself. She finally squirted and she had nobody to tell. You know, and I've got another girlfriend who's coming from uh, North Carolina and she's like, my husband and I want to come down and we want to go to the swingers clubs. Will you take us? Okay, sure. interesting. Everybody needs a Sherpa. Yeah, yeah, it's for sure. Yeah, I wonder how what the level of interest regarding this would be if there was no um, taboo surrounding it. It's uh, it's very interesting to to think about that. You know, about ten years ago, there was a study done that said there were four million registered swingers in the United States. Okay. So the way they did that, it's craziness. The way they did that statistic was they were actually tracking how many people belong to swinger sites, SDC, SLS, any of those. And so my point was, if there are 4 million registered, you can double that number. Oh, for sure. Because At least, easily, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where people who don't want to, you know, it's like people who want to stay in the dark, people who don't want anyone to know, people who use false names, all of that stuff. You can yeah. double that number easily. Yeah, and yeah. I think more and more people are opening up to the idea that it doesn't have to be 
one man, one woman, or, you know, one woman, one woman kind of thing. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of opportunity to experience life. Do you get a lot of, do you get any um, negative feedback or sort of aggression from people that find your stuff? Not usually um, no? because, uh, you know, I, I really try, like you can see my shirt, the place you come for sex and fun. Everything <sighs> I do is held up against yeah. that mission, right? Right, so, right, right. We hold all our shows that way, but I've had people like there was a conversation in one of my Facebook groups and somebody said, how do you not scratch her eyes out when she's having sex with your husband? And I thought, because it's hot. I want her to keep going <laughs> because when she's blowing him, it's hot. It's, the, it's right, like right. live porn in front of you. How do you not want that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people struggle with it. But that's the, that's the stuff I usually get is just the questions of. How do I make it okay? How do I navigate through that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I think lots. If here's the thing: if people didn't want to do it, porn would not be the bajillion-dollar industry. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You you get couples coming to you, or mostly individuals? Couples mostly, actually. Oh, mostly couples. Um, okay. Mostly couples, yeah. because what happened is one of them wants to try it, or they yeah. both want to try it, and one of them is a little bit more insecure than the other. Yeah, for sure. So of they course. they go at different speeds. So mm. this couple I was coaching. Um, she was like, let's just do this. It's just fun. We're just hanging out. You know, we're just having sex. It's easy. And he was like, Hey, could we slow down? Could, you know, I, I, I want to make sure I'm comfortable. And so and they were going to parties or they were going to parties. They were going yeah. to events. And, you know, he's like, I don't know how I'm going to feel if you do that without me. Right. And, and of course not, because people are afraid that they're supposed to be the person giving their, their love or pleasure. They're supposed mm -hmm. to be that one. But when they start recognizing that what somebody else wants is none of your business and what somebody else desires is not about you, it doesn't take anything from you. Does you think, yeah, it makes sense. Do you, do, do you think that um, when people come to you about this and they, and they, they feel these emotion, jealousy, let's say, mm -hmm. um, do you think most people are able to get over it with, with the right approach? Or do you think most people sort of test the waters and they're like, actually, this is a bit too much for me. You know, I can't, I can't really get past those feelings. I, I think that if people work at it, it's a hundred percent able to get over. Like okay. I'm the first one to say, I can take you to crazy town. I used to be the most jealous woman in America. Okay. okay. I can remember one time going to a party and I'm looking for my partner and he's sitting outside on a, on a, by the water with two girls, one on each side. And I had just reached my limit. And I was like, right. of course you're out here with two women. I mean, I just lost my shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's never appropriate, by the way. It's never, right. ever comfortable. But it's, it, it's inside work. People usually treat jealousy this way. So jealousy isn't an emotion. It's actually a secondary emotion. It's, um, it's a combination of fear and anger and control and fear of loss and, and fear of missing out. So it kind of gets in this little do if you will and what people want you to do is they're, they're like okay i'm not feeling good about what you're doing so i want you to stop what you're doing so i feel better mm -hmm. and that never works because something else will pop up something else will happen but also the person who's stopping what they're doing is now resentful how come i have to stop what i'm doing that i was enjoying because you couldn't handle it and and so the amount of stress it causes couples is astonishing and most of the couples come to me and they're like, he wants to do this or she wants to do this or she wants that. And there's, there's boundaries and rules and agreements that have to be made and honored. Yeah. But I think the people who are non-monogamous communicate more, not always yeah, better, but they should, sure. but they yeah. certainly communicate more. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. 
I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect the podcast to go in this direction, but it's very fascinating. Now we're talking about it. <laughs> That's what, you know, it's so funny. I just did, I just did a show, released it today on my show where that it was, I got like five letters that all said the same thing in different language. How do you handle that when, when you're, yeah. when your lover is having sex yeah. with someone else? How do you not lose your mind? How do you feel better? How do you accept it? This whole thing about it, because more and more people are doing it. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Netflix has documentaries on it. More and more people are saying, okay, I think I'd like to open up my life a little bit and not be restricted to the one. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and it forces you to, you know, lifestyle swinging, poly, ethical non-monogamy. It shines a big old spotlight. Here are your insecurities. Let me yeah. see exactly where they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me poke like on a them a little bit too. Trip or something. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, guys are always worried. Is my is my is my cock big enough? Does she like it yeah. better than with him? Right. Does he make yeah. more money? Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Does oh, he really? make more money? And he's fucking my wife. Wow. Okay. Where girls are like all about the body. You know, is she prettier, sexier, yeah. thinner, yeah. hotter? Blah blah blah. And so everybody's got their stuff. Yeah. But in the swinging lifestyle, the culture is they don't talk about it. In the poly mm-hmm. lifestyle, that's all they talk about. So it's it's this. Wait, sorry. All, all they talk about in the poly lives, not the money or something else or the insecurities. No, no, no. In the insecurity. Oh yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. The yeah. swinging world. So if you and I were good. To oh, the, the swinging world's together. more shallow, right? If I if, if it's yeah. it's more. Um, I hate to use the word shallow. It's okay. more transactional. Right, right. But like, let's say you and I go to a party, and I, for whatever reason, I'm feeling jealous. Mm-hmm. It is culturally inappropriate in that world for me to say to you, Hey, could you just give me five minutes of your time? Cause I'm feeling jealous. Now we're the drama couple. Right. Right. And nobody wants to hang out with the drama couple. Right. But in poly, those people really work to hold space. So Mm -hmm. if you're having a jealous moment, which everyone does, it's like, okay, everybody just pause. Let's everyone take a deep breath. Let's talk through this. Let's go through this. And that was to me, what was so attractive about poly versus swinging because I like to talk about stuff and if yeah, I'm, not yeah, okay, yeah. I'm really yeah. not okay. So. Yeah. 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 Have you ever had like big swinging stuff going on in your world? Come on, uh, panty dropper. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it swinging, but more polyamory. Yeah. 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 It's, it's great to have a rule. Like I watched my husband fall in love with two women mm-hmm. and it was such a beautiful experience for me. Yeah. It felt so good to watch him fall in love and watch them fall in love with him. And to feel that emotion from them, it was the coolest thing. But have I know ever, a lot of people aren't ready for that. Have you ever heard of the podcast, um, uh, Your Your Mum's House? No. No? With a comedian, no. uh, Tom Tom Segura, or, and his wife, uh, Christina P., who's also a comedian. But, yeah, no, they, they, uh, they, they're, they're very – they're not anti – they, they, they found this clip of um, someone pretty much saying exactly what uh, you just said, like seeing their partner fall in love with someone else. And they just, they just put this thing on blast for like weeks they, because they, it was just like, they were like, no, 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 no. She can't it. meet, she can't mean that. Like it was just, it just didn't click in their head, you know, like they just, it was like, she must be. Making you know, it up. Yeah. She, she must be making it up or. No. She, he's twisting her arm and like, you know, like uh, Stockholm syndrome or whatever. <laughs> he introduced my husband to this lifestyle. Remember, I'm right, a second right, generation. Right. Yeah. So, but in the early years, there's no way, there's no way I would have been okay with him falling in love with someone. Right. But once I really understood that what, what he needed and wanted, I, it's like, I call it the strange tank, right? Mm-hmm. You guys like strange. Let's just call it what it is. Guys like new booty. Mm-hmm. And if you've been, if okay. you've been married, right? <laughs> 
right, right, right. Right. They call it getting strange around here. Right. Okay. But if you, but if you've been married for 20 years as we have, I can never be strange again for him. Mm -hmm. I can never be new booty. And there's something about dopamine and, and all of those chemicals that come into play, but I feel them. Like when you and I first talked the first time, I flirted shamelessly with you. That's why I call you panty dropper. <laughs> so it felt good to flirt with you. Why would I not want him to have that experience? Right. You know, I'm not responsible for his happiness or his unhappiness. He's not responsible for mine. And yeah. it takes a lot of maturity to get there. And we're not yeah. always successful. Like, yeah. please believe me. I can tell you the back roads, the service roads, the toll roads, crazy town. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I try not to go there anymore as much, but I've been there. And it's ugly. Yeah, took a lot of work to um, to navigate the waters, I imagine. Yeah, what do you do I, when your partner spends the night with somebody? Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, I yeah, I'm curious what you say because I imagine I imagine there's a percentage of the um, listeners who've hear, hear, who hear they because they, this, like I said, this conversation didn't go where I expected it to go, but and they they sort of heard about this and maybe they've even never even considered it and they're like their ears are poking, perking up and they're like. Okay, this sounds uh, this sounds pretty interesting. But then there's, I bet there's, uh, I have no idea what the the breakdown would be, whether it's like eighty twenty or fifty fifty or whatever that that are listening to this and they're like, fuck that. I just, you know, and like I would never ever do that. Like, the, there's going to be a breakdown, and obviously it's a spectrum as well. But mm -hmm. I'm curious what what you would say or what 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 those people who are thinking that of thinking do, do you do you imagine that people who like people who feel that way upon hearing this now are they going to be should they just sort of say okay this isn't for me or is there some sort of do those people is there something you would say to them to sort of maybe for them to consider or you mm -hmm. you know to, are people sort of set in their ways and they and they're like okay if you're not into it you're not into it don't worry about it just do what you do and enjoy what you do, or maybe consider this. So I, I think, I think all of the above, right. Yeah. But on a bigger scale, so we've been married for 20 years mm -hmm. and in that time we've had some rough patches in our marriage. I mean, that's just life, right? Yeah, yeah. But what we've never, ever missed out on is passion. Mm -hmm. And I really think that's because we've, you know, we've always been open, even if neither one of us were playing with anyone else or had anyone in our spectrum, the idea that the freedom of choice was there. It has kept things alive and passionate for 20 years. I'm hosting an event, which I think I talked to you about speaking at um, September 3rd through no, September 30th through October 3rd. And we're going to, we're having kinky people, swingers and vanillas, which are people who are monogamous come right. to it because the one thing about vanilla men. And so for all the guys listening, they don't have any game. They don't. Okay. <laughs> you go out, swinger guys have game and they, and here's my theory. I got a lot of theories. They're smoother yeah. and they don't have, you remember when you were younger and you were going to the bar before you were the Dawn of Desire and Charles Black and all of that. Do you remember when you were going to the bar and you were like, God, I hope I meet a girl tonight. I hope I get laid tonight. That, mm -hmm. that whole anxious feeling. Vanilla guys do that in spades. Swinger guys go to a club where, where everyone is, you know, everyone's lifestyle yeah. and they, and they don't have to have that because, all right, so mm. here you and I are, we're at the club together. You know, even if you don't hook up with a single girl in here, you're going home with somebody and you're going to have hot sex. Right. So right, right. it allows uh, the okay, men so it takes away that, um, that urgency. Yeah, the insecurity and that anxiety yeah. that come and, and then through the vanilla, vanilla guys, it just comes through 
so yes. much as they, desperation. That need, yeah, that yeah. desperation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. These guys are smooth. They get to yeah. own their skills. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until I went on a vanilla date and I walked out of there going, You've got to be no wonder people complain. <laughs> I mean, guys dedicate years to sort of get over that 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 desperation, you know? Like so vanilla guys. Club with a girlfriend. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't fix it because that you they want you to talk to them. The girls are friendly. Um you get the opportunity to learn how to kiss better, yep. to learn how to make moves better. You're just smoother. Mm -hmm. Like I can remember my partner, I was not there, but there was a girl he was, he was messing with. And she said to him, she was vanilla. She's like, you have a game. And I was like, of course he does. He's been a star <laughs> for 20 years. I'm like, why wouldn't he? Right, right, right. It's right. like you writing your books. You have game. You practiced. You did the work. That's what swinger guys do. Vanilla guys, every vanilla guy should go. It is very interesting because, I, yeah, I was talking to um... – uh, a friend of mine last week on the last podcast, and he teaches what you'd call vanilla guys how to meet women. And I mean, a large percentage of that, of being able to meet a woman and, and being able to attract a woman is getting into a headspace where you don't need it, where you're relaxed, where you're confident, you know, that's half mm -hmm. the battle, you know? And yeah. then, and, and like you say, when you enter into this lifestyle that you're talking about, um, yeah, you have it. You, you there's, there's, there's no reason to feel nervous in the first place. So it sort of just floats to the surface naturally. No, statistically, swingers divorce less. Oh, is that um, true? Yeah, it's like it's like if there's a fifty percent divorce rate in the United States, ten percent of those are swingers. Interesting. And and so, so ten, I think that's ten, yeah, but ten percent of those, but swingers is a smaller percentage of the community. You mean ten percent of swingers uh, divorce? Right. So less okay, than 10% yeah. of swingers divorce. Right, and, okay. and I think the reason is because you have to have that open communication. You have mm -hmm. to have that dialogue and you can't walk into a swingers club and not have at least, it, it's not going to go well if you don't have a basis of foundation in your relationship. Right. Right. So, so even if, you know, your wife is kissing some girl, some girl, some guy, some whatever, you know, you're going home with somebody you like having sex with. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fascinating. Yeah. I would have, uh, I would have bet money that the swingers had a higher, like, uh, had a higher relationship. You know, they had more relationship issues. But now that you say it, yeah, I guess with the communication and the uh, what it yeah. takes to get into that um, community. Well, think about it. If you can yeah. say to somebody, I understand. Yeah, looking my pussy, it was so amazing. If you can say that to your partner, yeah. What else can't you say? Right. Right. Yeah. It just it true. just opens all of those doorways. True. True. I mean, you have to. I mean, you hot. have to do it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I, a lot of the pro relationship problems between men and women in what you would call vanilla relationships stems from repressing the negative feelings they have and, and they bottle them up until they until yeah. they explode. Right. You go to work and your secretary's hot and she's flirting with you. God, I want to know about that. Yeah. Like it, it, it takes the need to cheat away. It takes yeah. the need to lie away. Like I've always wondered how come it's okay. It's more socially acceptable for you to say, have your buddies cover for you. Hey, if she calls, tell her I'm with you guys. Mm -hmm. Then to tell me, I'm going out with this girl that I just met. I'm hoping to get lucky. Yeah. Like, why would you lie to me when you don't this, have to? This is just, so, I know that this is such an alien concept to such a, so many of the people listening. They're like, what? You can, you can do that? You can do that. <laughs> you can do so, that. Yeah, yeah. So men and women, there's, uh, there's men and women listening to uh, this podcast. Mm -hmm. So what do you what would you say to the to the to, to the percentage of people that are listening that that, that whose ears did perk up and they think hmm, 
that does Women sound rule interesting. it. Women run it. Most people don't know that. The guys think right. they're going to go right. in and they're going to have sex with all these girls. But the swinging lifestyle particularly is all run by women. Mm -hmm. Most of the women are bisexual mm -hmm. or they're bicurious. And if, if the guys misbehave, they're thrown out. It, when you look at a hierarchy of people, single bisexual females are called unicorns. They're mythical creatures. Right, right, right. And and they're invited everywhere for free. But yeah. single guys, you'll see all the profiles say no single men. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So yeah. you're it's a couple sport. Yeah. And the number one thing I would say is you have to be very clear on what you're doing, what your rules are, and then don't change your rules midstream. Mm -hmm. oh, That's for what sure. a lot of people do. do like, the people write do, do people write their rules down, sort of solidify we them we had an encyclopedia oh you did yeah yeah <laughs> in the beginning Interesting. Yeah. yeah like number one rule is nobody falls in love okay that didn't last i fell in love the first day <laughs> which no, is why the, i'm poly i, I fall in love I, all the time right but the, the, the question i was going to ask you before actually is like so we have this this section of the audience that whose ears did perk up but let's say they are in a relationship um, they are they're a, they're a woman with a man or a man or whatever. Let's just say they're in a relationship, whatever that relationship may be. Um, what would you say to them? What are the even the um, first steps of? Because this is even to bring this sub. If you bring this subject up in the in the wrong way in a vanilla relationship and and um, yeah, it could be it the end of that relationship. Really yeah, I mean, it yeah, could be the sure. it could end a relationship if you bring that up in the in the wrong way. So when we did it, my husband and I were dating. Yep. And he said to me, I'd love to see you with a girl. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't even know I liked girls. I didn't figure that out till much later. But I said, well, I'm not bi, but I'd love to see you with one. And he said, let's get married. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so there's that. But a, what a lot of people do is a lot, lots of times they'll play this show or my show or anything like that just to open the dialogue. And also just I- in the car, people, just sort of subtly in the car, just put, but not put two wild orchids on. Yeah, yeah, no, obviously, obviously. Exactly. <laughs> but, but even more than that is porn. What are you okay. picking on porn? If you're picking threesome porn, open the conversation. Hey, mm. would you like to try this? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're picking, you know, BDSM porn, hey, would you like to try this? Because you're only here for this long. I mean, yeah. you're parentheses of time. Why wouldn't you explore every part of your body, every part of your joy? Like, the only I thing I would add, add as a caveat to that is um, if you are going to introduce these things that way, baby step it, you know? If you're gonna like BDSM porn, for example, don't don't go, go don't go to kink.com and find the most hardcore thing you could possibly imagine, and then yeah. slap that on the TV. <laughs> Just sort of baby step it, and then and get some reactions, and and the same with the threesome stuff as well. Right, yeah. that's one of the things at the event I told you about. We're, mm -hmm. Because usually when you go to a swinger event, it's all parties. Mm -hmm. When you go to a kink event, it's all classes. Well, we're going to put those together. But I was talking to my meeting planner about it. And I said, we're inviting vanillas because if the only person you've ever given a blowjob to was your high school boyfriend and then you married your husband, you might give a decent blowjob. But I promise you, I can show you how to give a better one. And the meeting <laughs> planner said to me, I want to go to that. And she's totally vanilla. Right, right, right. right oh, but they don't, sure. they don't, unless it was your stuff, they don't offer classes for, yeah. you know, how to give a good blowjob or like we have someone coming in who's going to teach women how to dress sexy for their body type because oh, most women on lingerie and feel like, you know, they look ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do like topless speed dating. Who doesn't okay. want to come and play with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah. So um, go to conventions and just vanillas are protected. We're not stupid. We know how to grow yeah. up and be public. So we're doing like for a lot of the events, but ours will have armbands. If you're vanilla, just say I'm vanilla. 
and people are friendly and they're, they're not going to force you. It's not like they're going to chase you down. You must convert. You must. That's not how it goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, amazing. And all right, let's, let's change it up a little bit. Speaking right. of vanillas, um, let's, 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 let's come into sort of my wheelhouse a little bit, but I'm very curious on your perspective. So most of the, I'm certain most of the audience listening are vanillas or mm-hmm. monogamous, whatever, whatever we want to call them or whatever they prefer to call themselves. Um, in your experience, in your, in your real life experience, in your conversations, what would you say are sort of the worst habits or the biggest mistakes vanillas make when approaching sex or yeah, when having sex? How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking Um, not about, I'm not talking about men specifically. Uh, and I'm not talking about women specifically. I'm just talking about people who don't have, um, um, yeah, this experience, uh, the, the, the swinging experience or the polyamory experience. Um, what is, I'm sure when you, you can average sort of the polyamory people, the swinger people, and you mm-hmm. can say, oh, they have this edge over the vanillas like every single mm-hmm. time. I think vanillas don't prioritize sex. They don't prioritize pleasure. Mm-hmm. And it's like you, you get married before you, when you start dating someone, right? You, you're all hot and bothered. You're all touching right, and having sure. sex all the time. And then you get married and then it's kids and a mortgage and mm-hmm. who's going to take the trash out and who's going to pick up the milk. And, and sex becomes really far down on, on, on the priority list. And for me, I've always thought that sex was the glue that holds relationships together. Otherwise you're just friends. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't prioritize that, if you don't, if you're not willing to step out of the box, if yeah. you're not willing to try things, like I, I'm very fortunate. I have a partner who thinks creativity in the bedroom is like his God given right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's treated me like, you know, his personal jungle gym. And, and that's the, you know, I told him, I was like, you take my vagina lips, you pull them up over my head, you tie them in a knot and say, here you go. Okay. But, but that's what I mean. You've got to be willing to, it's always astonishing to me how the, the percentage of vanilla couples, for example, that are in sexless marriages. I don't get Oh, it. wow. Yeah. Right. Like, if you're going to share a house, if you're going to share a mortgage, if you're going to share a bank account, if you're going to share your children, why would you not share your body? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if people would stop and try to remember the things that they loved about their partner to begin with, I think we'd have less divorce. But yeah. you, you have to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I had, um, I had a, a podcast. I, I got interviewed on another podcast um, a couple of months ago um, by this uh, guy, this Swedish guy. And actually, when he found my stuff, he hated it and he, he 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 almost wanted to interview me to sort of confront me about because uh yeah i mean my marketing is sort of more extreme than than, than mm-hmm. my actual content and, and it really triggered something in him mm-hmm. um and one of the one of the questions he asked me was like you put so much of this focus on sex like it's everything there is in a relationship and well one of the things i said was no well i focus on sex but obviously that's not the only aspect of a relationship but the other thing i said to him was like um there's this saying um when when the, when the sex is bad it's 80 percent of the relationship and when mm-hmm. the sex is good it's 20 percent of the relationship and i was like it's, that's an okay saying it sort of makes sense but if you think like good sex is only 20 percent of the relationship it's like you have no idea how far you can go with sex and what you can incorporate into your relationship via sex like if you really want to have wild crazy mind-blowing sex sex. (laughs) yeah the the level of communication that you need and the level of trust that you need in your partner 
Yes. It, you can, you like a lot of the, of what makes up um, an amazing relationship, you can go through sex to get that sort of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you, can, you can get that trust, that communication. You can do it via sex. And it is a very fun way to go about it, you know? And I think that's a, sort of what you're saying here with regards to the, uh, yeah, what, with, with your partner, for example. You know, it's, it's, sec- it's funny because um, I always think that sex isn't a problem in the relationship until you're not having any. And then it's the only problem anybody wants to yeah. talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've got some friends and they've been married almost as long as we have. And she doesn't give it up. He gets a blowjob on Sundays. That's it. Oh, okay. And right, right. That's it. Like one blowjob on Sundays. That's their that's their routine. Wow. And I, I'm just no like, sex. Mm, just just no, the blowjob. Just the blowjob. She doesn't want anything in return. No. She well. She that's a mystery to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's a whole lot more work to go for me. Right. There's a whole lot more intimacy and work to suck your dick than to bend over. I'm right. Just sorry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But but she doesn't she doesn't want him to touch her. And I'm like, why do you stay together? Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't. What I do don't they say to that actually? That. He doesn't, he's very unhappy. And so right. he's been my husband's friend for a long time. And so he yeah. constantly complains about it. Like, right, I don't know when he hasn't yeah. complained. Yeah. And I offered her to come, I offered to come bring, come here, have a boot camp. Let's, let's do this. Let's figure out what you've got going on. Nope. And I think there are a lot of they, people like that. Yeah. And I did a study in my, um, I'm sorry. Why I do they study. stay together though? Have you, have, have you asked? Fear. Or? Fear. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to be alone. They yeah. don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to upset their apple cart. They don't want to lose their income. They don't want to lose their children. Blah blah blah. Risk but of not I'd, finding someone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I did a poll in my Facebook group that I, somebody suggested to me, and I thought, no way. Yeah. And it said, um, true or false? I think it was. Men are most married men are bored in their sex life. And I thought, my group, this is my swinger groups. This is sex and fun. Like seventy-five percent of men were like, yeah, I'm unhappy. Wow. Terrible. Yeah. I think women want to feel appreciated and cherished and told that what they, what they're bringing to the table is really amazing. Mm-hmm. But men, men tend to be like the stabbers and we're the stabbies. So we're a little bit more inclined to. They're, they're more the stabbers. Men are stabbers. We're stabbies. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, get, right, 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 right. So right. you guys are like, you guys are like, you know, it's like from, um, Evolution, you're like, okay, must hunt, must stab, must hunt, yeah, must stab, right, must right, hunt, right, must right, stab. Right, 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 And we're like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to be stabbed today. So are you, are you talking about too much focus on the sex here? I don't or? think they have enough focus. Oh, you don't, think, you don't think men have enough focus on the sex? I don't think, I don't think couples in general have enough focus. Oh, okay, right, right, right. But men, but men, if they have an opportunity, they want to stab everything. Mm-hmm. And you think that's you a turn-off for the women? Or... I think that Is that what you're saying? If you don't make love to a woman, mm-hmm. old, it's like it's like your book. Okay, yeah. I read your book. Dawn of Desire Method. Dawn of Desire <laughs> Method on a plane, and I have to tell you, from the start of it, like I had to change planes. I'm on the second plane going, is he ever going to fuck me? That's how I felt. <laughs> right? Because it's it's that idea that women need a – I'm a slow boil. Women are yeah. slow boils, yeah, even yeah, if they don't yeah. think they are. But you can't just, you know – be nice to me in the morning, go to work all day and then come home and say, but you know, let's have sex. I'm like, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with you that women are the slow boil, but more than the slow boil, I think it's the tension between you and the sexual tension. And the slow boil is an amazing way to build that 
tension easily and consistently, but it's not necessarily the only way to, to, to build that tension. Um, and I, 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 obviously it's my book. I highly recommend mm -hmm. doing the Donut Desire Method as often Me as you too. can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can achieve stuff like that with the correct dirty talk or via bondage or any sorts of these things. You just mm -hmm. need to build that tension. You need, you need to get your women to a point where they're like, fuck, I want it so fucking bad. And then, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But women have to feel safe. I don't think men understand yeah, sure. what that yeah. means is, I'm not going to take my clothes off and get naked with somebody I don't feel safe with. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter where we are. And, and so if, if women don't feel safe, they don't want, they don't want to, they don't want to expose themselves. If that makes, you know what I mean? They don't like, I go, go back to what I said before. We have to open our bodies, open our legs, allow you inside of us. Yeah. Mm, if I don't trust you and I don't feel safe with you, you're not coming anywhere near me. Well, that is another advantage of what, of the slow boil, as you say, because when you take it at that pace, the woman does feel safe naturally. Like when you're not in the rush, when you take your time like that, you create this feeling of safety in a woman. There, it's interesting because I've watched a lot of men have sex. I've watched a lot of live porn. Yeah. And very often when I talk to bisexual women or they, they're very much, the guys are rushed and they're eager and they're, it's like, it's like when you, when I was reading your book, you're like, but you're, this is what a normal guy does, but you're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. This is what another guy would do, but you're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that that's what makes the difference in whether or not men are going to have better relationships, better sex is if yeah. they're going to take that time. So I recommend your book. I read your book. I, I recommended your book to so many people. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm thank you very much. You're welcome. I, I'm actually curious. Um, I've, like I said, I've never been to a, like a swingers party. And I'm curious if the book would translate to a situation like that, just because I would imagine, yeah, I don't, could you, could you even take an approach like that in a, in a party like that, or it would be. Probably too, it, not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought so actually. Yeah. Right. So like here we have um, trapeze, which is the Mecca of swinger clubs, right? It's an on-premise club. The food mm -hmm. is fantastic by the way. Yeah. The, the chef was like, <laughs> I'm not even making it up. The chef was like voted one of Fort Lauderdale's best, but yeah. you walk in and it's a regular dance club. Yeah. And there's, you know, you go to dinner or whatever in there. And then in the back room, it's, it's, it's the playroom. And yeah. it looks like all of those um, orgies, statues that you saw from Romans, you know, right, from, right. From, from the hieroglyphics. It looks like that back there. But like eyes wide shut. Not quite that, no. but yeah. Okay. That's always what people think about. But the point is that that slow burn and boil in a swingers club. Mm -hmm. I can yeah. see it later for the couple. For like sure. the best yeah. sex you have after you go to swingers party is getting back with your partner. That's the hottest. Uh, sex okay, have. interesting. You're yeah. both so built up from the yeah. Right. He's fucked somebody. You fucked somebody. Now you have all of this great discussion about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that and just the, turns you on more. Yeah, and the, mm -hmm. here you're you're in that safe space with your partner to talk about the things you like, the things you didn't like, the things you wanted more of, the things you want them to try. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. It it, op it does open up your world, but it is a scary open for a lot of people. Okay. All right. Interesting. I, I love it. I love it. Um, I think. Are you I, ready to come to the states? I'll take you to the club. <laughs> After lockdown. I'll, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, well, you come to that event, you'll see lots of swingers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. I think this was amazing. I think like uh, guys would. Um, I, I, men and women listening to this, like uh, even if they disagreed with everything they heard in this, it's le it's definitely left it's, them with a lot of food for thought, you know? Well, and I just want to say one more thing, because right, you're right. But even if you decide that monogamy is your jam, like kudos monos, mm -hmm. 
you can still have really great fantasy talk and never ever venture outside your bedroom. Yeah. So like I talked about how, you know, even when we were not with anyone in our life, yeah. we would talk about what would happen if a girl was there, what would mm. she be doing? And, and that arousal, like the dirty talk that you talk about, yeah. that just gets you right there. You don't have to invite anybody in, but you sure can pretend. Actually, something I talk about a little bit is like, yeah, I talk about, uh, you know, the Coolidge effect. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. It's like, um, it's named after one of the, there was a, there was a US president called Coolidge, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a story about him and his wife and, uh, they go, they're going around. I think they're given, they're being given a tour of the, the white house before they move in or something like that. And, uh, um, the, his wife, uh, sees the, the hens and, uh, the, 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 the whoever's looking after the, after the cocks and the hens, um, she sees them having sex and she's, and they say, well, how, how many times does he do that a day? And, 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 uh, the chickens, hold on. Yeah. Cocks the and chi- hens. The, and chi- okay. Yeah, cocks and hens. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, and and the the caretaker says, "Oh, he does that like twenty times a day." She says, um, "Oh wow, can you tell that to uh, Mr. Coolidge?" He <laughs> says, "Yeah, sure." So then he goes. Uh, the caretaker goes to see Mr. Coolidge, and uh, he tells him the story. And then Mr. Coolidge says, uh, well, "Was it the same hen every time?" And he says, well, "No." And he said, "Okay, well, can you tell that to Mrs. <laughs> uh, Coolidge?" Yeah. And then it's just—I don't even know if the story's true, but it's. Uh, I think that's brilliant. I'll have to look yeah. that up. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, so, but, but, so, um, so it sort of talks about this. Um, I don't. I can't think of the word right now. Phenomenon where uh, partners, m- even more men, but to a ex- certain extent, women as well, when they are only with one partner, the the interest in sex can wane over time, which is mm-hmm. what you discussed before. But mm-hmm. I find that you can overcome this in a relationship. You can get that um, new. Uh, almost that new relationship excitement mm-hmm. via role play and dirty talk. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Because passion happens in the space between mm-hmm. like it's when you first meet somebody and you get together, that's where the passion happens. And yeah. after a fight, that's where the passion happens because there's a space between, but when you spend all your time with the same person doing the same things, you know each other almost too well. And there, there's no passion unless you yeah. create that. I yeah. agree. hundred percent. Role play is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. That was great. Um, if you, yeah, if you enjoyed this conversation and, uh, you would like to hear more of Sean Lay, you should absolutely check out her, um, podcast Two wild orchids. It's, uh, it's very informative, but it's also, it's very, very funny. Uh, it's very lighthearted. Yeah. You are funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's very lighthearted and, uh, yeah, you, you, you take uh, Yeah. You should, you should definitely check it out. <laughs> it's two wild orchids.com. Yeah. And it's two like T O O not, not the number two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, would you would you tell them should they check out anything else from you or oh absolutely they can go to they can go to twowildorchids.com they can go yep. to my Facebook group we have lots of fun chats in there also called it's, Two Wild Orchids the Facebook every, group? yeah everything is Two Wild Orchids so okay, if great. they go anywhere and they Google that they're going to find so much information yeah. but on the website now we have a membership site where we're putting back content that isn't out for anyone else so okay amazing by all means. Um, yeah. and yeah I mean don't worry like if you're not a swinger and if you're not interested in being a swinger, it's not just about that. Like it's just a constant discussion of different aspects of uh, sex and relationships. And it's just worth a listen. Like mm-hmm. it's very funny. It's very, it's very fun. And it's very, it's not the only thing we talk about. Yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. 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 yeah sex, you know, it's, I think when you explore swinging or poly or any of that in your mind, the sexiest organ you have is between your ears. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 
All right, my loves, well, I hope you enjoyed it. And again, if you want to see the video, head over to twowildorchids.com and get in the club. The membership is free and the video is there. Until next week, I'm going to do me, you do you, and together we're going to do a fabulous us.